Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zuck, and it is another awesome day for another inspiring podcast. I am so excited to share who my amazing guest is today. But before I do that, want to give an awesome marketing tip. I was actually just working with a client and we were talking about the value of Pinterest. So if you are an entrepreneur listening to this podcast, be sure to transfer over your personal account on Pinterest to a business account. It is totally free. And, um, it is now the third biggest search engine on Google in terms of, and also in terms of social media platforms. So definitely, definitely put Pinterest on your radar and definitely transfer it over to business and you can track all your analytics free. Um, so wanted to give that marketing tip of advice today. Um, I actually woke up today, worked out, showered, did my hair. Today was a super win for me um, because, you know, being stuck at home, it can be kind of depressing and lonely with everything going on. And we're so praying for all the families in need right now. So I just think if you can do that for yourself, I know I talked about it in my previous podcast, just get up. Make yourself feel good, if, even if that means putting on a little makeup, putting on your favorite top, do something to uplift your spirits. And working out really, even if you're going on walks, it is so healthy to do. So make sure you're just getting out and being active and doing something that brightens your day because that's going to make such a difference for you. So those were my two motivating things I wanted to share with you today. I am so excited to share who is becoming next on scene next on the podcast. We have the amazing Deborah Lee Fong, who is a actor and dancer and doing such amazing things for all people that want to get into the field of acting and dancing and just sharing her knowledge and power and stepping into her own. And she's just so inspiring with her background of having really successful roles and teaching us all about castings and how to prep. And this podcast was just so awesome and so inspiring. So I'm just really excited for all of you to get to know Deborah the way that I did. So stay tuned for the amazing Deborah Lee Fong. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. All right, everybody, welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene. I am so excited to be here with the amazing Deborah Lee Fong, who is an incredible actor and dancer. Hi, Deborah, how are you today? Hi, Jackie, I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. How are you? Good. I'm so glad. I'm good. I'm holding in. I think we're all in this together, right? With a crazy time that's going on, I'm so excited that I can bring your sunshine to my podcast. I'm so excited to be able to do that and share my. Some words with everybody. We are going through, I, I hate to say the term, but it is unprecedented times. Uh-huh. And we need to find we need to find some comfort in sharing stories and being inspired by each other. We totally do. And that's why you're the perfect person to have on the show today. So tell us a little bit about how you fell into the acting and dancing world. Well, I have to give all credit to my mother. Um, <laughs> she really put me into the dancing world as a little girl. She wanted to take dance class so, so badly. And my grandfather was fairly strict and did not believe that dance class was appropriate for his daughter, although he loved to dance. 
And um, so I think my mother just felt that when she became a mother, she was going to make sure that her daughter had dance classes and everything else. Make up for and it, basically. She did. Right? Our, yes, absolutely. So um, I started in our neighborhood dance school, and then a friend of my mother's, who was a dancer, said, you know what, the neighborhood dance school is great, but you're going to want to look for something else eventually. So try the neighborhood playhouse uh, children's program. And the neighborhood playhouse school of theater is in Manhattan, and my mom took me, and I was interviewed. I what was I, seven, eight, nine years old, some, somewhere around there. So cool. And they accepted me into the program. And lo and behold, I, I think my mother took me there for dance class, right? <laughs> but they had acting and they had singing and they had speech. And I found my niche. I mean, I remember the first group of um, scenes that we had to study were from Jane Eyre. And, oh, did I love playing Jane Eyre at that time i'm sure that's so so cool that's really how yeah that's really how it started and i met lots of other young people um i was exposed to theater and broadway and shows by my mother's first cousins one took a particular interest in me and and decided that she was going to be in charge of my cultural education right and uh, that's how it went Well, that's so interesting that you're talking about culture because I love so much that you're tapped into the bilingual like realm and doing so many different Mm -hmm. things because you're captivating different audiences. So can you talk about the benefits that you found with being a bilingual actor and dancer? Well, I have to give all credit to my family for making sure that I understood Spanish when I was growing up. I didn't have to speak it in the household. I just had to understand it. And that was good because, you know, then the grown-ups couldn't have secrets from me. <laughs> so, um, as, <laughs> exactly. You know how they do. Totally. So, and then, so um, as I grew up, then, you know, I, I did study Spanish in school, and my father moved to Mexico when I was 16. So I was in the States, and I was in Mexico, and then, of course, speaking Spanish with my siblings in Mexico and going back and forth. And I believe that the ability to to have two languages has helped me really get in touch with my roots. Because I have to tell you, when I'm speaking Spanish in a show or getting ready for an audition, there's something very um, prideful that comes into me that I'm able to do this. And I think that so, so many productions are now using multiple languages mm-hmm. that it appeals to everybody even as an audience member if i go to something and it's in spanish and english i get really excited that i can understand and i can say who to whomever i'm with you know what they just said guess what da, 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 da. it's so it's true really opened up mm-hmm. yeah i think it's really opened up my ability to uh, have a broader audience and also to bring something that is really dear and close to my heart and and part of my culture and part of who I am, um, part of what I'm very proud of about my life. Right. And I was also going to say too, it allows you not as much to niche market. Like you can be broader in what you apply to basically, I guess. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I find that so many, so many more roles are opening up and, and that has to do with having been in this industry for a long time, right? Totally. Um, there's so many more opportunities coming up and um, being a little bit ethnically everything <laughs> really helps. Right. 
It's so true. And it's so inspiring, too, with your supporting roles and footsteps and footsteps, too. Can you give some advice to some aspiring actors and actresses um, in terms of how they can prep to even cast for a supporting role? Well, I think, you know, you never really think about I don't think about whether it's a supporting role, lead role. I think about what I'm doing. Who, what is the script I've been given? Who is the character? And that is what you have to do. Make that character's life force authentic. Um, be true to the character. Don't worry about how many lines you have. You know, you know the old adage, there's, there are no small um, actors. There are no small parts. Right. right. Every part is important. And you want to prep for the truth of the character. I think that's the most important part. I love that analogy. That's that awesome. That's really good advice. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. You're welcome. So tell us about your experience appearing as Agnes in the Secret Santa live screen play readings um, at the Urban World Film Festival. Tell us about that experience. Well, as you ask the question, I'm smiling because <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, I don't know. I wish you could see the smile. Um, it, it was really so enriching as an actor because here you were performing in new pieces. There was a competition going on, not amongst the actors, but, you know, the, the uh, screenwriters had submitted their scripts and they're being judged. And so you're acting with people in a very quick uh, time frame. You know, you get it, you rehearse it, and you're on stage. You're, it's being blocked somewhat. Mm-hmm. And um, you're also, what was just as exciting as being in it and having the thrill and the rush of the, the short um, rehearsal time was the ability to really have time with the screenwriters and hear their thoughts. And then after the readings, they went up on the stage and were um, answering questions from the audience members and other actors about their writing process, about the characters they developed. So it it was really, I I think as an actor, um, I was very enriched by the experience. Totally. And very honored to be part of it. And also, too, it was Very awesome honest. that it was presented by BET, right, in partnership with the Writers Guild. So that's awesome. Of America East, yeah. Yeah. This, these, these are big players, and they're very, uh, very accomplished actors on that stage. Um, and, you know, people that you've seen and worked with, and it just, it was really terrific. It was a highlight of the fall season for me. I mean, you deserve it. That's freaking awesome. And what a great memory, too, you know, to putting your resume of things oh, you've yeah. done. So cool. So how do you prep for a casting call, Deborah? Tell us. So that's, um, there's that old word that we learned when we were first starting out in our educational careers, homework. Right. I spend a tremendous amount of time um, looking at the script if it's, if it's just a side and I have no idea of what comes before and after, I have to make as full a character biography as I can from the information that is just in that script and then letting my imagination, the imagination of the actor and the imagination of that creative child in me, um, take wing. 
if it is something, if it's a role that comes from a play and, and the play is available or, you know, there's, um, there is history there to look at, I become very familiar with the play. I become very familiar with what other characters are saying about the character that I'm being asked to portray. Mm-hmm. I do a tremendous amount of reading and prep. You don't want to walk into an audition, I think, unprepared don't want to rely on tricks. Um, You want to know what it is you need to present. You want to know that character. You want to know the character's needs, wants, the tragic flaw. You want to be able to make decisions about what that character wants in that scene. Mm -hmm. And you also want to, you know, think about actions that may be a little bit out of the box. Right. Because you are auditioning for one role, right? So true. You're not, you're not getting that role, but you want the casting director to remember you for something else. Yep. <laughs> in the future, so you have to make you have to make very clean, clear, precise um, decisions and commitments and actions. You want to be clean, and you can only be clean, I think, if you've done enough homework. You got to go in there prepared. It's so true. So, how long do you actually think it takes you from start to finish, pending obviously on the job that you're casting for, but like that it actually takes to prep for a casting? Okay, so if I get a call today, oh, I might. Love it. Manifesting <laughs> it. That's awesome. Stuff, right? Yep. Exactly. Put it out there in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to do a self tape because, you know, so much of this is self tape now. Wow. Technology right. has really changed everything. Um, I will start the minute I get that call, um, and up until I have to tape, and then you do as many tapes as you feel is necessary. That's the other thing. Now with technology, you have to have your camera, you have to have your lighting, you have to know in your home or where you are that you can produce this Mm self-tape as quickly and as professionally as possible but you're asking me how long it might take for me to prep it depends upon the role depends upon how much reading I have to do but I would say if I have to turn it around in 24 hours and out of those 24 hours I'm looking at 12 to 15 hours worth of work right wow so that really puts it into perspective audience huh that is so interesting but that's how you prepare accordingly Right? That's how you show up with, like, doing the work. I love it. So walk us through one of your most um, teachable lessons as an actor or dancer. I know they're kind of, but are they, do you consider them both very similar or are they actually different? I I consider them um, fairly similar in that the discipline and work and concentration for each one mm-hmm. is demanding. Right. Um, so I don't. I I don't find them dissimilar. I find them very much hand in hand in terms of how I need to look at it. If I'm if I have to if I'm cast in something where I have to move and dance. I mean that that's <laughs> I'm working on that pretty hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, physically. Even when you're acting, you're working on the physicalization of the character as well. Right. So that, that too, comes into it. I think one of the most teachable moments in, you know, my career is the act of, of preparation. 
you learn fairly quickly when you go into an audition um, early on in your career that if you haven't prepped, you're not you're not going to make that audition, mm-hmm. and and you're not going to feel good about what you've done either. Um, I also think that the in terms of my career, the real teachable learning moment is always to be authentic and true. I spent many years doing improvisational theater, uh, working with young people in teaching conflict resolution skills, theater and education, and, and presenting um, original plays uh, about life themes segregation, apartheid in, in those early days when apartheid still existed in South Africa. We did many shows about that. Um, we did shows about fighting racism or recognizing what people are thinking about in this world of uh, prejudice. And I learned that whatever you're presenting must be true. Mm-hmm. You have to be authentic. I agree. And that's whether you're do right, whether you're doing improvisational theater, whether you're in a scripted um, presentation, play, movie, television, your character, who you are in that moment has to be true. You have to listen aggressively to whoever is with you on the stage. Um, you have to respond in that moment and that moment must be truthful. So those are the teachable lessons that I've always found. And and every, I'm learning something every day. Right. You know, I'm learning something about my craft every day. Which is so interesting, too, because the point that you're bringing in, even just with the field that you're in, you need to be authentic in any any area that of any career of anything because people, mm-hmm. people support you right and if you're not being true to yourself how how are you going to come across to other people no matter what field you're in absolutely you know absolutely i mean i've had other jobs too in my life right and um i've served as a spokesperson and and if you're not authentic when you're presenting the um, brand when you're explaining what is going on because i've worked in crisis management as well you have to be authentic. This is not a time for lying. This is not right. a time for making up stuff. So you true. want people to trust you, mm-hmm. and you and you want people to trust you as an actor, no matter what the part is. You want them to know that you're being true. Mm-hmm. So true. What would you say are, is one of your most achievable moments to date? I I fancy that. Those are different parts of my life. You know, I think my most achievable moment or moments are the greatest achievements are my children. I have uh, I have a son and a daughter, and I, I believe that the way they're living their lives and the values that they have, I had a hand in that with their dad, of course. And so those are, that's a great achievement of my life. In terms of my career as an actor, I think it's the work that I have always done with young people and um, getting them to be comfortable in expressing themselves, in in being able to stand up before an audience or uh, before a committee for an interview and feeling 
that they have value, mm-hmm. that they are presenting themselves in uh, the best possible way, that they're comfortable with what they're presenting, that they're comfortable in their skin. I, I think that that has been... I would, I would say that those are the moments that I really treasure. I love that. Well, because um, you're all like, I don't mean to yeah. hone in on this, but like you're really helping mold all these people, like between your children, yeah, between the people that you're teaching, like you're really helping them create who they're becoming, which is so powerful. I, I kind of like that. You know, I, I, um, I've done this for a long time and one day a young woman said to me, well, you're my mentor. And I thought, I never thought of myself that way. It was always, okay, let's do this. I never thought of that being given that label. And I was so proud. And more and more, you know, when one person says it, then everybody starts saying it in the group. And it was like, all of a sudden, I had all these mentees. And it was great. So awesome. And yeah, I'm very proud of that. That is something to be really proud of. Deborah, you are so awesome. Before we play game time, can you tell everybody how they can follow you on all your social media channels and find you, you know, through your website? Give us all your information. I'm gonna right now. We're developing a, a new website for me. I'm gonna have to get back to you, Jackie, if I can on that because I know that everything is being changed over. Because especially now with everything that's going on, we're looking for it, uh, a another way to brand me. Um, and so I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Okay, no worries. <laughs> we can put it in the blog, too. I can just have everybody follow the oh, blog. Great. Yeah, great. no problem at all. So we'll just we'll put that in there. All right, so let's play some game okay. time. So there's no rush to oh, answer these questions. This is just a really fun way for all of us to get to know you outside of your awesome career. So tell us Deborah's favorite TV show. Well, I, um, <laughs> there's so many, but you know what? I love Law and Order, all of them. Me too. Me and, too. Who's your favorite and, uh, character? Saturday morning. Oh, I love Marissa Haggerty. Same here. She's awesome. She's awesome. And you know what? It's just like all through the years watching her develop and now becoming like the super boss and becoming a mom. And I just, I love, I love that show. And you know what's also awesome? That I can watch the same segment and not remember how it ends. I know, right? <laughs> That's such a good point. That's so funny. They're just really, so they're really like good I'm actors, too. You. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I just love that show, so. Great choice. Yeah. Well, right. the series. <laughs> yeah, I like the series, too, and they, they're still going. It's like, how many seasons are they even at now? I don't even know. A lot. Well, can can you imagine what's going on now with all of the uh, plot developments based on Seriously, though. the world we're living in right now? Wow. <laughs> Crazy. It'll be really good TV. It'll yeah. make really good TV one day, that's for sure. It's upsetting to hear that, but it's... Yes, well, yeah. When we can look back and say we've gone through it. Agreed. Definitely not tomorrow, but at some point in time. <laughs> what is Deborah's really? favorite meal? You know, um, let's see. How about mussels and wine and cheese and salami boards? Sounds amazing. <laughs> Crudite, right? Is that what they call them? Crudite boards or something? Absolutely. Yeah. What's, yeah, what's Deborah's favorite wine? Tip. I'm a wine. I love wine, too. 
I love white wine and I love Chardonnay. No, I love Chablis. That's what I like. Love it. And I like champagne. I do like champagne. I like champagne, But too. I like meals where you can just pick because I think it just leads to more conversation rather than, like, putting a big plate before you. Totally. Like if you're just picking a little piece of salami, a little piece of cheese, it's just it's cool. I know. And it also makes you feel fancy, right? Doesn't it make you feel like, okay, this yeah. is like a cute, fancy thing to do at home. I love doing that. With wine, I'm like set for the evening. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's so adult-like, right? It is. I love it. Okay, so do you have a good luck charm or something, especially like when you go to auditions and all these things, like do you have something you always bring with you? You know, in the last several years, I've started wearing my mother's bracelets. I love it. Her, um, yeah. So because I just think there's so much, there can be so much negativity out there as you're walking on the street. You know, you're always trying to put everything in perspective. And and I feel like if I have her bracelets on and I wear them all the time, um, then I I have her strength and I have her protection and I have her um, with me. You know, she can't be with me all the time, obviously. Um, she's not well. So it's, it's very special to, to have something that she enjoyed wearing so much. And, and there are like eight bracelets, little gold bracelets. So cute. That I wear. I love it. That's really special. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. If you could spend a day with somebody dead or alive you haven't met yet, who would, who would it be and why? Oh, okay. Um, how about Sacagawea? Wow, that's a unique one. I love it. Yeah, um, I'm sure most of your audience will remember that we all learned about Sacagawea and the Lewis and Clark expedition. Right. Um, Sacagawea was a Native American young young girl. She was in her teens uh, when she served as an interpreter for the Lewis and Clark expedition. Her husband was also on that um, journey. And if I recall correctly, yes, she was pregnant and had her first child. But so why do I pick Sacagawea? Because when I learned about her, it wasn't like there were a lot of people who I could have looked like or maybe looked a little bit like me or um, that I could relate to really strongly. And I just felt how cool is it that this young, young woman, right? Young mm-hmm. girl, teenager, had such an important role and commanded respect, I would have, you know, I hope. Um, and how did she do that? How did she make these men respect her? What did she have to put up with during the day? Uh, I was just fascinated with her. I mean, that is, I ask this question all the time. Nobody has ever said that. I love it. Great answer. Very unique. Thank you. And of course I knew who she was. They teach you so much about her in high school and like elementary school. Like, of course, you know, so cool. And there was a coin with her. You know, they put her on a coin. Right. A dollar, yeah. I love it. That's freaking awesome. Okay, last two questions. Um, what is okay. your favorite destination you've been to thus far in your lifetime, and what is your bucket list destination next? Oh, I think my favorite destination, I know my favorite destination. Um, can I give you two of them? Of course. There's no <laughs> limits. Go <Okay>. for it. 
Barcelona. Love Barcelona. I I love Barcelona on on also many levels. I loved the the rhythm of the life there. I loved the rhythm of life. And when you're on vacation, of course, you're creating your own rhythm. Right. But I did, and I and I loved hearing Spanish all around me. I loved the food, um, the history, the architecture. The traffic was a little bit overwhelming mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little scary. Um, all those motor scooters running right. around. And I, I, kept, I kept thinking, if I lived here, would I ever get on one? And I think the answer is no. So, um, but I walked around a lot. We walked around a lot. We ate really well. We went into restaurants where Picasso had visited and, you know, salons were being held and visited the oldest cocktail bar in Europe. And the the bartender, the bar master, was wearing a tuxedo. So there was a sense of romanticism about um, Barcelona that I just loved. Love. And Santorini. Oh, my God. Awesome. That's one of my bucket list destinations. That sounds, is it amazing? Oh, you must go, Jack. Yeah. You must go. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, um, exquisite sunset, sunrise, uh, sun casting its light on those white houses and, and the blue paint. Just dreamlike. And again, I found the people, just like I found the people in Barcelona, welcoming, warm, loving, willing to share. And and I have to tell you, I talk to everyone. I even, I do that here, too. I mean, I, I just find myself talking to people all the time. And that, I think I got that from my mother. My mother made everybody her friend. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And a bucket list, I would like to go... Ah, where would I like to go? There's so many places. I would like to go on safari. Cool. Photography safari. I've always wanted to do that. Um, I've also, I think I would like to go, I'd like to go to Brazil. I would like to go to Brazil. I'd like to go to Rio. Not necessarily for carnival, but to explore. And the culture, probably. I would, I would think the culture Mm -hmm. there is so interesting, right? And so fun and colorful and so cool. Two very dynamic, different things, Deborah. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. I know. I love it. You're just full of so much light. I can feel all your energy through the audio. You're so awesome. So thank you so thank you. of course. Thank you so much for coming on today. And obviously once we get all your updated social media stuff and website links, I will be sure to put that in the blog for everybody to reach out to Deborah. But thank you so much for coming on today. You're awesome. Oh, thank you, Jackie. Thank you for having me and sending my best wishes to everyone out there. Um, we we are all in this together and we will be strong. We will. We will come out stronger. We will. Okay. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, everybody, so much to tuning in to be coming next on scene. And stay tuned for who's next on scene. (laughs) 
the ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. 